Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. So let's go to the gridiron. And PFF uh, recently came out with an article grading all 32 teams off-seasons. And while a, a really good or really bad off-season may not necessarily make or break your upcoming regular season, to me it's still good to keep track of some of the key moves that teams have made. Uh, even if it doesn't matter now, it will very much happen in the future. So, for instance, the Raiders. Yeah, they've had a couple of good seasons recently, but over the course of time, one lackluster draft after another or one bad offseason move after another, eventually those things add up. And now the Raiders are in a position potentially to have the worst overall record. Maybe they're not the Cardinals, but they're very much far down because – Eventually, all of these offseason moves snowball. And Joe, you know how much I love confirmation bias. And you know how much I am fading the 49ers next season, as you are as well. And I want to start with the 49ers offseason grade of a C by PFF. Now, granted, when I'm looking at these grades, I don't think I saw anyone getting worse than a C. So grade inflation is permeating uh, pretty much every walk of life for us. But looking at the 49ers offseason, I mean, look, they added Javon Hargrave, great defensive lineman for the Eagles that that addressed a need as far as defensive interior. The ends are fantastic. The interior needed a little bit of work, and they get Javon Hargrave, which I thought was a fantastic move. But in terms of the draft, uh, PFF said that the 49ers reached uh, in a couple of key spots. They drafted a kicker in the third round. I didn't know they needed one that badly. But in terms of, say, like the quarterback position, they acquired Sam Darnold, who may be a good stopgap, but he's a relative unknown. The quarterback position is still very much in flux for the 49ers. And I look at that team and that offseason grade, and I go, why is the hype still there for them? Thank goodness. I don't understand either. I have not been the one to pound the table for the 49ers. The most important position, the quarterback position, so many question marks. And then you look at PFF giving them an offseason grade as a C. What makes you think they're going to be in contention to win a Super Bowl? I think it's crazy. I don't understand why some people are so confident in this Niners team. I get it. They have a lot of talent, but still, when you have so many question marks at the quarterback position, I mean, what if Brock Purdy's elbow doesn't heal is one of their points. I mean, there's just, it's just crazy to me. I would never bet over on their win total them to win anything really. I mean, I'm, I would need to see something mm-hmm. and or wait for them to maybe stumble out of the gates and you find a better number with some more value. But I'm totally out on anything Niners betting-wise right now. Yeah. Yeah, the, the under 11.5 win total at, at last check, I, I think that's the play for them because how can you trust a team to get 12 wins in the NFL mm-hmm. – Uh, when the quarterback position is just so up in the air. And this is someone who doesn't think Trey Lance should be called a bust yet. Uh, We just don't have a large enough sample size to say such things. So as someone who wants, who can defend every individual quarterback the 49ers have with, with perhaps the exception of Brock Purdy, because I think he's overhyped still though, I go, you you can't expect the 49ers have 12 wins because last year they were just dynamite or they made the NFC championship the last two years. It's the NFL. There's variance. 
like good teams fall back down to reality when they don't have that elite quarterback like Pat Mahomes. And sometimes some teams get hot. And I think that's what happened in San Francisco last year. Not to mention the fact, Aaron, that the 49ers are in the same division with the Seahawks at last check. And their offseason grade was an A with defensive lineman Dremont Jones, defensive back Julian Love being key additions. Uh, they get uh, Jackson Smith and a Jigba and uh, yep. the number one consensus cornerback in Devon Witherspoon. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker comes back. This team is stacked and perhaps they overperformed last year, but now that they mm, have the horses. They? They, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to make the playoffs last year. I thought they'd, they'd be okay, but I mean, to make the playoffs, I think that was an over expectation, but I think nobody expected Geno Smith to be plugged in there and be as good as he was too. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. expect regression Mm -hmm. from the Seahawks. Their defense was really an issue last season, which is strange because Pete Carroll is a defensive guy. So I expect that to even be better too. Um, We're a Seahawks show here. So get on board. Yes, we are. 12th man. (laughs) We are a Seahawks stan account right here. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, As far as other teams. Yeah, right. (laughs) Florida Seahawks. We try to go to, you know, end to end uh, across the country. And uh, that's, that's how we attract everybody. Uh, Who else uh, from this article stands out to you? uh, I kind of did the I did the opposite of you, Ed. You went to, okay, who got a C? I went to, let's see who got an A and see how we feel about this here. I looked at the Bengals. I mean, this is a team that has a very high ceiling. We all know the offensive line has been a huge issue for this team, right? Well, here comes Orlando Brown. Um, They bring him in. And, oh, by the way, he also played for the Ravens in the division, so I find that interesting, too. But PFF also loves the way they drafted. They say the draft was excellent with Miles Murphy bringing elite tools and flashes of play at an area of the draft where that skill set is typically gone. They got a cornerback in DJ Turner, a safety Jordan Battle, receiver Charlie Jones, and running back Chase Brown. All all positions where, you know, you don't have to put too much pressure on those young guys. They can groom them a little bit and allow for some time for them to grow um, into those roles. And it's not a, like a lot is expected right away. So I love that. I looked at their schedule. So they start the season with two division games, which I find interesting at the Browns. And then at home, they're hosting the Ravens. So what I thought here strategy wise I do think they can go over their win total over 11 and a half. If you're interested, it's plus 110, but they are the favorites to win the division at plus 140. Maybe if they lose one or both of those games and have a little bit of a slower start, I mean, I doubt they'll lose both, but maybe you could even just wait if they do split those first two division games and find a little bit better of a number. Maybe it won't change much, but I really am expecting big things from the Bengals this season. And I love that they got an A. I'm with you completely. I I think the Bengals are the best bet in terms of winning the Super Bowl right now, because I think we look at the AFC and say, wow, this is stacked with a bunch of really good quarterbacks. But over the last few years, who's been the most successful uh, or one of the more successful teams that that contend that continues to fly into the radar. It's the Bengals. It, it's with Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and Jamar Chase and company. That passing attack is one of the more lethal groups in the NFL. And even though the AFC is mighty, mighty dominant, 
Still, though, the, the Bengals could could win that and make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, they did it just a couple of years ago. It, it's, you know, they can do it again. The, the team is there, and you still have Burrow in that rookie contract. Eventually, you're going to have to pay him a lot, and then things will change a little bit. But until that happens, the Bengals are in a, a wonderful position that a lot of teams uh, are, you know, envious of. Because you get an elite rookie contracted quarterback – uh, who can do a lot of good things for you. He's become a lot more mobile since his injury. So, you know, yeah, he's not as mobile as, say, like a Jalen Hurts, uh, but he's mobile enough to get you a first down uh, when things kind of clear up, uh, you know, in terms of draw plays, things like that. I, I think the Bengals are in a great, great <laughs> spot, despite being in a really tough division. I'm curious, too, uh, speaking of the AFC North, do you have any thoughts about the Pittsburgh Steelers also getting an A as far as their offseason is concerned? Because even though the Steelers seem to be that one team in that division that you know we sort of overlook, strangely, uh, because of the Browns and who they have at quarterback or the Ravens and yeah. the fact that they almost always make the playoffs or they're certainly in contention to make the playoffs year in and year out. It does feel like that the Steelers get overlooked, but quietly they've been making some good moves. And, you know, especially at the head coaching spot, you still like where they are. Exactly. And, you know, even when it comes to like the Steelers Ravens rivalry, you know, they're probably going to split those games too. I mean, anytime you play a tough team in the division, even if the Steelers aren't expected to be as good as the Ravens, for example, you know, they're going to get up to play. And, with their head coach, I like the growth of Kenny Pickett. Um, this is just an organization that I trust every year to make good decisions, kind of like the opposite of, like, say, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, the Steelers <laughs> just make good decisions, right? So I think that's awesome for them, too. And obviously, you you start things over when, you know, Ben retires. But I really like the progression that I'm seeing from Kenny Pickett. For sure. And again, when it comes to any rookie quarterback, you really don't know what you have until, say, after year two, after year three, somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Kenny Pickett didn't start the season. Uh, Trubisky did, I believe. Uh, but, you know, Kenny Pickett did some good things last year. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, yes, the, the Steelers can make, you know, a weird move here and there. But Mike Tomlin always seems to get the most out of his team. For whatever reason, For sure. they always seem to overperform. And at some point, you have to give credit to the head coach. And to me, I look at him and go, how is he not considered like a top eight coach in the NFL by some standards? Like the team is always performing better than expectation. And that's what you want, right? Man, so their, their start to the schedule, and I think their win total is, what, eight and a half? Um, I'm not sure mm -hmm. exactly, but I think they could get to nine or 10 wins. They start with the Niners. So that to me, you never really know, but at least they are hosting the Niners. Then they've got the Browns. Then they've, they're at Las Vegas, then at Houston, then they host the Ravens, then at the Rams. So, you know, then of course they've got the Jags, Titans, Green Bay. I think they could do very well and get over this win total. Maybe even Real an quickly win total for some better value. Maybe so. Real quickly in the NFC East, I know the Eagles uh, have been lauded, uh, or you know, rather 
praise uh -oh. for their offseason, but the Giants got an A as well. And so I do wonder if, say, that division is a little bit more competitive than, say, we want to believe. I got a flashback so... to our heated debate yesterday and off the board. It's a good thing we're out of time. Right. <laughs> this is Becky All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, all the ways we are playing today's MLB card, and we pay, we pay tribute to the A's winning streak, which came to an end last night, right here on the Becky All Network. We'll be right back with 